Welcome to Chaotic Neutral, a Starfinder live play podcast. Now, some of you are sitting there going, cool bunch of words you just said there, Jeff, but what does it mean? Well, exactly what it means is Starfinder is a pen and paper role-playing game. So yes, we're playing a game. In a few minutes, you'll meet four of my good friends. They'll be playing characters in the Starfinder universe. They'll all be kind of solving problems together and going on an adventure. What's going to happen is they're going to roll dice based on their skills, see how successful or not successful they are. Making those interpretations is me, the game master or narrator of the whole story. Some characters will be the type that just kind of bash their way through trouble. Others will want to talk their way through. Others may have more of a technical outlook to it, use their skills to solve problems in different ways. It's part murder mystery, part comedy, all the good things that make a great podcast. So without further ado, let's meet the players. Hi, this is Jeff Miller, and I'm here with Joe. Hi, Joe. Uh, so we'll talk about cut neutral <laughs> cut. <laughs> Already, we're ten seconds in. Cool, right on. Um, yeah. So first, we're going to talk about you, who you are, and uh, that kind of stuff. How do we know each other? I uh, met Jeff about six years ago. Uh, he worked at an apartment complex I was living in. And we bonded over Pokemon cards. Yeah, dude. Pokemon cards. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how we really got to know each other was Pokemon cards and I think a little bit of WoW, too. Yeah. Um, and now, basically, every six months, Jeff calls me with some crazy idea about what he wants to do. And uh, that's how we ended up here. <laughs> yeah, so like when I, when I was like, hey, I want to do a podcast of Starfinder, like, how'd you feel about that? Um, yeah, I created a business entity for us and a <laughs> operating agreement for our LLC. I, I kind of went a little overboard with it, uh, but, um, I was really excited. Uh, I feel like I think we're all really funny and the world really needed to hear us. So, you know, yeah. definitely if you're listening to this, make sure you check out our podcast on uh, YouTube, Stitcher podcast or, uh, what is it? YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, iTunes. There you go. iTunes. Yeah, that's the third one. And then check out our, uh, our website wittywizards.com right on yeah love it um you got any social media you want to plug yep that that stuff i just did (laughs) all right um yeah and how'd you get started in this type of gaming like pen and paper rpgs that kind of stuff um i've always been a huge rpg fan it's kind of all i really play uh for most of my life um i started playing pen and paper with my brother when I was about 13. Uh, he played D&D a lot with his friends and I always wanted to join. Um, but uh, they were significantly older than I was and my mom never let me. So my brother would actually play one-off scenarios with me um, just so I felt included. What a nice man. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a cool guy. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of how I got into pen and paper. Uh, I just like the idea of building a character and essentially seeing the world through its eyes. Right on. Cool. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, what are, what are you playing in Starfinder? So I'm actually playing something that's out of the ordinary for me, uh, playing a dwarf mystic. Um, I've never really played a healer class before any RPG I've ever played. I've usually do punch you in the throat or steal your money, uh, rogue or warrior or some sort, um, up class. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, when we all got together and we all talked about what we wanted to play, uh, I kind of felt that we we really needed a healer and wanted to stretch my uh, my bounds a little bit and give it a shot. Right on. I like that. So how does it fit your personality or does it just not? Um, 
the dwarf really likes to drink, and I really like to drink. That's yeah. uh, pretty much how the two coincide or coexist with each other. Right on. Cool. And uh, where'd you get the idea for your character? So my character is a twofold character. He starts off as a thief, a rogue, so to speak, a criminal. And then he uh, kind of has a transformation when he decides he wants to do more with his life. And he kind of becomes a physician, scientist, healer. So the inspiration that I got was actually uh, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger from the movie Twins. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Danny DeVito is kind of the crook in the movie. Arnold Schwarzenegger is <laughs> the scientist. I put the two together, and that's how I came up with uh, the mystic. <laughs> that's awesome. So if any actor played your character, who would it be? Uh, Probably Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito, right on. And who is your character? Where's he going? What's he doing? What's he when we're starting off, we're just now getting to Absalom Station. Why do you why do you even go? Why was sure. that his idea? So uh my character's name is Ozma Obsidius. Uh he is a dwarf of the Stonehammer clan. He has lived on Absalom Station pretty much his entire life. Uh like I said before, he started off as a crook, um, petty crimes, that kind of thing. He kind of wanted a little more with his life he decided that he wanted to join the radiant cathedral which is where most of the mystics are trained and so he got enough money he left Absalon station and worked as a physician and mystic at the radiant cathedral for quite some time and uh he kind of became a little desensitized to things he really wanted to become a mystic so that he could heal people but also so that he could go on crazy adventures out in space however with the radiant cathedral he kind of just became a physician and that was really it that all changed one day when a android soldier came into his uh room his medical field i guess i don't know what exactly you'd call it but uh that android soldier kind of helped him realize that he needs to keep his dream up and do more with his life. So he reached out to his cousin, uh, Dorvar Creel, Creel, something like that, Yeah. who is actually working for the Starfinder Society on Absalon Station. And Dorvar told him, you know, hey, I've always got a job ready for you. Come aboard whenever you can. Right on. Love it. And now he's on his way to meet him. Yeah. Right on. Cool. So we're going to play through a little scenario here with Ozma. Sounds good. All right, so the scene opens on a very ornate courtroom. Echoing through the halls is a judge reading off a laundry list of crimes. Arson. Petty theft. Five meters. Kidnapping. It's ten meters. Obstruction of justice. His attorney shushes him. And the judge continues, aiding and abetting a known criminal. My question is, why shouldn't we extradite you to Absalom Station? The attorney speaks up. Your Honor. First, we would like to specifically thank the Radiant Cathedral and all the council members for the opportunity to be heard today. Spare me, counsel. I will only ask once more. Why do we not send this man back? Well, I do declare he has spent the last four and a half years devoting himself to the mystic arts and mastering the skills to help people. He has become one of Professor Sibba's most promising students. That's right. Professor Sibba. It has changed his life's direction dramatically, and he has been an outstanding citizen since the moment he arrived at Donshore. Not only would it be a mistake to extradite him, it would be disservice to the people that he has already helped and those that he has yet to help move forward. I wish to submit just the last month's record of those he has treated. 
Impressive, the judge says, scrolling through the files, pausing and changing his demeanor when he came to a particular file. He looks at it, looks at Ozma, and then back at the file, and with an apologetic tone says, You were part of the Abalonian refugee team? All right, and we're back, and now we are with... Scott Muchler. Yeah, so let's talk about you a little bit. So, so none of that good stuff before was yeah. in this now? Yeah, well, I mean, it can't be. Like, I'll, I'll cut it up, dude. Maybe a little That's bit. That's the... Chop it? Yeah, some <laughs> movie magic. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about you. How do you know me? Uh, pretty similar to Joe, man. Yeah. I was looking for an apartment with my now ex. Yeah. And came in. You thought just, I was a huge D-bag. I did. I left. I totally I did. Ca- I came back. <laughs> like I, I like I like like I tend to do. I'm persistent. Oh my god! Yeah, no, that's true. Hey, I just take some time. Yeah, and then I win you over. No, well, it's because you know, honestly, it's because you walk in and you're pretty, and it's kind of like everybody's just like, oh my god, like he can't be good looking and a cool well, guy. And, and what <laughs> and what happened? Like, didn't I shush her or something? You like did. That? Like, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you came in and you were. Again, you you rode it on your freaking motorcycle that was all oh, loud. Yeah, like you took true. off your helmet and your hair was freaking perfect. Like, and you walk in with this little that. girl, like all freaking cute, and she's like asking all these questions, but like she kept interrupting me. And you would like shush her, and you looked like the biggest tool in the entire world, and it was so funny. And then like the next three times I met you, you were like a super cool guy, and then out of nowhere, you were like, "Hey, do you like Pokemon?" <laughs> and then, like, we talked about freaking Pokemon for hours, and then, like, you walk in with your, like, Dragon Ball Z coffee cup, and, like, yeah, no, it was funny. It was hilarious. budding relationship. Like, yeah, exactly. So yeah. it was kind of, so you fit into, like, our mine and Joe's secret nerd club at the complex. It was great. Hey, all things considered, too, I, we have Joe sitting over in the corner. It's like, you weren't there for it, Joe, but, I mean, you know... You know her. We won't mention names, but like <laughs> you better, yeah. You, you know the shushing was probably yeah. well deserved. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for for our listeners, I mean, it was <laughs> exactly. So, what's your experience with pen and paper RPGs, stuff like that? Uh, minimal Dungeons and Dragons back in the day, but so for me that would have been junior highish. Oh, cool. Late elementary school with my oldest brother when he was hardcore nerding out at the time playing like the magic gathering all that kind of good stuff right on yeah so it was just the era for it right on cool so uh when i came to you and i was like hey i think i'm gonna do a podcast with pen and paper rpgs what what'd you think i mean you've been talking about uh, you and i've gone back and forth for what like three years on different little things that we could do or like start or begin <laughs> fun and little things we well, could yeah, do. I yeah mean, it's, it's, so it's all just kind of back and forth banter and you know i try and push you a little bit here and there but yeah. you know with all of us it's until we really want it and this is one of those things you finally made happen and yeah. you've been taking it serious yeah so i mean when and trying my hardest when, when i saw you actually start really taking it serious with joe and sitting down and an idea was actually developing and then growing and then taking steps further i've been waiting for this hang out with yeah. my guys and have some fun and no matter what and then they have a blast with it so yeah. all things good why an operative Jeez, uh, this is another thing you and i went back and forth for what a couple yeah. months on it yeah. throwing ideas back and forth what was the, one of the first things we were thinking about it was a uh, well, we're kind of talking Envoy. I Envoy, didn't really like yeah. Envoy as much just because yeah. it's the charisma class yeah. and kind of building up other characters, which is swell and all. But a little too supporty for you. Yeah, yeah, it's just never been my style, any games I played. We were talking the James Bond-ish idea. Yeah. I mean, that got, you know, yeah. that, that got me revving. Well, and then again, like we, we took the, the operative and we made it a little more charisma, yes. which is not really what it's supposed to be. But like, 
they have points all over the place. Like they have, yeah, they have points for we're days. Making so it it's kind of like, yeah, exactly. And it, and it makes sense the way we're doing it. So I think yeah. it just like when when we were talking about it, that's when it kind of clicked. I'm like, yep. Yeah. that's the character yeah that's solid i dig it where'd you get the idea for your character so when you sit down and you become chet bronzington like who do you channel how'd you come up with that and do yeah. part of it's this old character that my brother my middle brother paul and i came up with it was my wwf alter ego <laughs> chet bronzington i mean that, that's that's my like i walk in i'm a sexy boy sexy boy like that but he's all just like you know southern tennessee just walking out oiled up and kind of tanned, just all big and butt like he just yeah. walked super machismo, but kind of like in the yeah, <laughs> I'm too pretty, don't look at me. <laughs> and so it was, it was a mix of that, a mix of like the whole actor style that we were going for, which we'll dive into a little bit later, and then trying to throw in the James Bond and all in the mix. Yeah, and so that that's that's the vision. That's <laughs> that's the vision. That's who I see. That's that's, <laughs> that's who I try and become because it's like this. Just grow into a yeah. different person. Just really play up the role, like yeah. almost kind of like the likable douchebag is yeah. is what I shoot like for. The, hey, 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 come on, like yeah, yeah, the, the likable <laughs> douchebag. Where yeah. it's like, wow, he's a meathead, but it, like, yeah. I still enjoy talking to him. Heart of gold, you know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> he means well. Yeah, there you go. And uh, if, if your character were to be played by any actor, who would it be? Oh, Paul Walker, for sure. Yeah, love it. All right, and do you uh, though? Huh? Do you love it? Or are you I just do. saying that? I love it. No, I feel I like do. you just say it sometimes. No, Paul Walker. Like, if I was like Paul Walker, like, who's that? Like, sort of the like, who is your character? Like, your character. Well, I'll let you tell me, and then that'll kind of explain why Paul Walker makes perfect sense to me. Why don't you just tell me? <laughs> That's a Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, who is your character? Like, where are they coming from? Like, how did they get to this point in the universe? What we're currently at? Yeah. Like I guess you're you're currently on your way to Absalom Station. You're yeah. in the ship, and. uh your your agent gave you this idea. Dude, he's up and coming. He's got to shoot for it big. He's yeah. already done a little things on Absalom, but like, yeah. hey, you know, some people recognize him like as oh that guy. Like, yeah. are you like the Verizon guy or the the AT and T guy? Like, yeah. kind of one of those. But the it's, it's guy. nothing. Like, yes, can you exactly. Hear me now, can you guy? hear me now? Yeah. That's one hundred percent. Like nobody um, knows his name or anything, but no, you're like but, you're that guy. But he has a recognizable face. Yeah, and it's only if he looks a very certain way. So he's at that point, man. So I mean. Yeah. It's, it's the up and coming. He's got to make it. He's got to go for it. Yeah. Give it, you know, the one big shot, put it all in. Yeah. No, and I, I like it because I've always, and again, nothing against Paul Walker or anything like that, but every time you see him, he, he kind of, he plays the one guy. And yes. it's, it's a good character. It's all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But he's, he's very physical and all that kind of it's stuff. It's typecast. Yeah, for exactly. Sure. And your character is definitely coming from that background. Oh, of, 100%. Yeah. And they were a, stuntman and now you're becoming this actor trying to be more of like a face for a, a product or a thing or a something just to kind of get your name out there so he's yeah. tired of just being like, the guy who rolls around on the beach oiled up in like <laughs> in like little man speedos he's tired of it he's got to break through he wants more he wants to be more than just a pretty face yes yeah no love it love it and washboard amps he wants more out of life exactly yeah you know you're tired of just you know standing there when somebody needs to wash their clothes yes. there's the washboard you know yeah no i got can you. only be objectified so much <laughs> okay all right anyway so uh, you want to play you want to play a little scenario here let's play a scenario and, uh, as chet bronzington all right so the scene opens on the outside of a fortified military base as a three-man foot patrol passes, we see our hero peek his head out from behind some crates. A supply truck approaches. As the outer gates open, our hero knows this is his shot to make it past the perimeter. Go ahead and give me an acrobatics. What am I? Am I adding anything to the number? Uh, your acrobatics plus your die roll. 
17 plus plus two. So so yeah, so say, so right? you plus are two. level zero and you're already rolling a 19. This is this is gonna be great. You succeed. Chet springs up, hops onto a barrel, grabs onto a lamppost, and swings to the top of the supply truck and lands expertly. Cut! Yells the director, an Akatonian human known for his short temper. I can clearly see his face in the shot. Who am I not paying over here? Eh, maybe we should take a break, Chet's friend and agent says, coming to his rescue. Yeah, yeah, it'll take us a minute to reset. Chet and his agent walk away from the scene. Chet says, I felt really good about that. And his agent comes back with, ah, forget it. We'll finish up here. I got something for you. You know how I keep talking about getting you out there, seeing the universe for real? We got a call back today. The Starfinders want you to be their new spokesman. And we're back with Ryan McAllister. How's it going? Very well, my friend. So uh, who are you? How do you know me and stuff? Uh, I'm your cousin. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, we met when we were w- in the womb, probably, womb. at yep. one point or another. Yep. And uh, I can't get rid of you since then. So oh, yeah. here well, we are now. Yeah. How'd, uh, how'd you get started in this type of gaming? Like the paper, yeah, like pen, pen and paper, paper? RPGs, uh, that kind of stuff. I actually haven't done much other than this. I had played D and D probably like five or six times, maybe yeah. tops ten in my entire life. And but I've always been into gaming, video gaming, giant freaking dork for sure. Yeah, dude. Um, but this is pretty new to me. Yeah. Yeah. Brand new, all the pen and paper stuff. Uh yeah, we'll s- yeah, pretty new. And uh, you got any social media plugs you wanna wanna do? You wanna uh, plug your page? Yeah, plug I your do. Stuff? Um, Instagram is chaotic underscore Ryan. I do believe the O in chaotic is a zero, Dope. and that's pretty much about it. Oh, cool. I just do the Instagram stuff. I do have a Twitter. You can follow me there. Same thing. Yeah. Same name. Chaotic Ryan. Chaotic underscore Ryan, and the O is an actual zero number. Dope. Right on. What are you playing in this game? Why uh, Why'd you pick your class? So for Starfinder, our podcast, I end up going with the Human Envoy. Yeah. Um, normally when I play games, I like to play like the stock character. Like I was like the weird guy in Mass Effect that was just like character on the front cover. That's my character. Oh yeah. I, I didn't like. I like very rarely will like amend the starting character if you yeah. can. You like to play just, canon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah canon. So I, I usually just go like a human or something like that. That's cool. just generally what I do. So I picked human for this one. And then um, for the envoy, the envoy to me was more like a bard class kind of. Yeah. I generally like the support role, um, but like not healing support. Like I like buffing people and doing like a little damage is kind of yeah. my forte. Right on. That's like the, the style of class I played. Like in League of Legends, uh, I played a lot of support. Um, and then I play like Heroes of the Storm and I tend to revolve around either like ranged and or support or yeah. a good combo of both. So yeah. the Envoy seemed like a good fit for me. It's a range. Well, you can make it ranged class and it deals yeah. buffs and stuff. So I love it. And like how you came up with this character was like the Envoy that did the support, but you still went pretty high in decks. So you were kind of shooty and mobile and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, very yeah. much so. Like uh, very mobile buffer. Yeah. Is what I is kind of what I was going for. Heck yeah, love it. And uh, how does that fit your personality? Are you 
totally like that in real life? Is that not what you're like at all? Uh, yeah, kind of. I feel like in my general social setting, I'm definitely the salt and pepper. Yeah. I'm not like the main course, but yeah. I make everything better while yeah. I'm there. Yeah. So I yeah, feel dude. like that's kind of how... You salt and pepper the situation. Yeah, exactly. That's like good. salt and pepper makes everything better. But it it's does. like Fact. you ain't gonna eat salt and pepper, but <laughs> you gotta put it on stuff. So right on. How uh how did you come up with the idea for your character? I wanted I ain't gonna lie, I wanted a Han Solo character. <laughs> um with a little like for me, like Han Solo is like the ultimate chaotic neutral character yeah and that's the name of our podcast and i feel like that's the character i'm playing kind of is like a han solo vibe-ish slash star lord but i'm probably not as funny as chris pratt so yeah no dude but i i think yeah definitely yeah. i like, like that. an ace pilot kind of a character yeah love it and then uh if they're if your character were played by an actor who would it be probably either chris pratt or like maybe chris pratt Maybe Chris but, Pratt. But, like, you could probably do Chris Pratt. <laughs> so Chris Pratt. I yeah. like that. No, um, sure. I mean, if I, I feel like that's, like, probably ev- whoever, like, everyone said that to their character. Yeah. Um, could you imagine, like, a little dwarf Chris Pratt running around? Yeah. With, like, a Scottish accent? Yeah. <laughs> that would be the best. No, dude. I just, I like it. I like the whole... I like the tripping and falling over the solution kind of thing. Yeah, like that, that's kind that Han of Solo has. Yeah, like I love that about him is his point A to point B is just the jankiest way possible. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, it's it's mostly an accident. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. Yeah, it's he's got a, a plan. We'll do air quotation marks. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, he knows definitely... where he's got to be at the end, and he knows where he is right now. Yeah, so, but yeah. getting there is is the tough part. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. But I think to answer your question, yeah, I'd have to say either Chris Pratt or like, oh, I always, his name always escapes me. And I think he's probably one of the funniest actors on the planet. Um, Adam Scott, he's also from Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's his name, Adam Scott, Step Brothers. Yeah. 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 I, Derek I feel from like, Step Brothers? Derek from yeah. Step Brothers, yes. No, <laughs> I feel like he. Dude. He would fit like he could play my character in a movie very easily. Absolutely. Like actually like looking like kind of what I envisioned my character to look like as well. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. Adam yeah. Scott. And uh just tell me a little about your character. Who is he? What is he like? What is he not like? Um like, where's he going? My backstory, yeah. like for my character? Just kind of like some stuff about him. Just like bullet points. Yeah. So I kind of envisioned my character being more. I always got to go good route. I always got to go light side. I'm not a. I don't. I don't do dark side stuff. Yeah. Um. So I envisioned my guy. Essentially being born to like the worst, or or being raised, I should say, in like the worst way possible, but remain still remaining like at his core a somewhat decent person. Yeah. So like my background, like I've just like I'm. I grew up on a pirate ship. I think I named it the Wailing Widow, which yeah. I was pretty proud of myself for that. I probably <laughs> stole that somewhere. So, but Love it. Um, the Wailing Widow, and I like he's just got a messed up past, but he's still like a good person at heart. Like, still likes to get in trouble for sure. Yeah, like maybe a little testy, but will always at the end of the day do like the moral good thing. So, like yeah. I, I envision my guy 
being raised by pirates and then but but also being like good at heart yeah at the very end of the day so um a dynamic character like the yeah. wild card yeah exactly wild card. raises a uh, a pirate and then something happened to where my crew kind of crossed the line ended up jumping ship uh like i said saving some people and then landing on absalom station and is i think where we pick up and like i believe mine would have been i've story-wise i've probably been on absalom station for like a little over a year maybe yeah right on if that's canon i don't i'm not sure but yeah. i've been on absalom, absalom station for a while yeah cool right on it's canon now so yeah, canon yeah, now. yeah right on all right cool so we're just gonna play through a quick little scenario here oh yeah so uh it was just another raid fly up undetected dock quickly board and eliminate the major threats and anyone that doesn't immediately surrender take the loot immobilize the ship in and out before anyone ever hears the distress call this was what you grew up doing you had a bad feeling about this one first you heard the screams then you knew you knew you were right you sprint down the corridor you almost slip on the blood that covers the entryway to the room where you find the first mate strangling the life out of a young refugee if he's just there, like, strangling someone, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd probably be like, what the heck is going on? Pull that die. Nat 15, Jeff. Nat 15. <laughs> so that's, like, a 17 diplomacy? What? Oh, I don't have my character sheet on me. That's fine. It'd be, like, probably, like, a 33. <laughs> It'd be, like, a 33. <laughs> Not an operative. Yeah. The first mate, Rex, looks at you and says... I'm doing this, Jax, and you can't stop me. Go ahead and uh, roll a shot for me. A shot? Like yeah. an attack roll? Yeah. That's a nat 20. Nat 20. No, I'm just joking. It's a 16. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you see him as he starts to pull out his weapon and aims at you. You react quickly. You shoot him two in the chest. Dihan solo him? Yes. I, I shot first for sure. The last thing you remember hearing... It's his body hitting the floor. So we are here with JJC. Hello. Playing Yaj1337. That's correct. So uh, who are you? How do, how do you and I know each other? Wow. Um, <laughs> we have known each other since we were in diapers, yeah. from what I recall. Yeah. Pretty much been best friends ever since. So our moms knew each other, and then we just started hanging out, and that was... That was it. Yep. Now we're 30. Yeah, and now we're 30. <laughs> um, so how'd you get in? How'd you get started in gaming? Like, what's your background? Um, honestly, played a lot of MMORPGs in a computer format. You know, WoW, uh, before that, like Dark Age of Camelot, before that, Ultima Online. Like, Dude. just it just <laughs> goes back. And it seems like the further it goes back, the nerdier it gets, which yeah. is kind of weird. But yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like um, it's it's not weird to play WoW anymore. Right, like. <laughs> right. That's so it's so mainstream. But yeah, yeah. That's pretty much my my background as far as like RPGs and stuff yeah. goes. Mostly just like you know computer games and things like that. So. Right on. And uh, you, the first time you ever played any pen of paper was with me, right? Like year ago. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So our little our little Wednesday night session. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. both very new to this. Absolutely. We're, we're failing forward. It's great. Yeah. Uh, do you have any social media you want to plug? I am on Twitter, and that is uh, JJC the Droid. Heck yeah! If you want to follow me there, right on. Cool man. So, what are you playing, and why? What class and that kind of stuff? 
I am playing an android soldier with a mercenary theme. Basically, kind of just fits my background, android, because I'm like an antisocial, like, you know, really nerdy kind of guy. Soldier, you know, I'm a narcissist at heart, so it kind of just fits, you know. Yeah. And then mercenary, you know, doing a job, making money at the expense of ethics, you know. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> at the expense of ethics. I think that kind of fits, so, yeah, I don't know, just kind of chose all those things put them together and kind of fit my personality a little bit so love it love it where'd you get the idea for this character um again kind of goes back to a little bit of my mmo days playing world of warcraft i always played a warrior class uh tank class so the soldier thing kind of made sense for me to play here yeah just something i'm used to did i get the idea and again just kind of basing it off my own personal background and, and things like that so yeah. all the stuff i could relate to where I made this character. Nice. Love yeah. it. If they made a movie about our little thing, what actor would you would play your character? So mine's a combination of three. <laughs> I've got three different actors that I thought about for this. First would be Rami Malek from Mr. Robot. Yep. For his dead emotions. You know. Bohemian Rhapsody. That's yeah, coming yeah, out pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, him, Paul Bettany. For the Jarvis voice in <laughs> Iron Man. I think we can all relate to that. Yep. Pretty awesome Android-type uh, character. And then uh, Michael Fassbender. Oh, yeah. Michael Facebender, as I like to call him. <laughs> Magneto. Um, Magneto, yeah. yeah. From the new Aliens movie when he played the Android. Oh, know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of, again, went into my thought process when creating this character. So <laughs> pick your favorite on those. But um, like I yeah. said, for me, it would be the dead emotions of Rami. Jarvis's voice and then the looks of uh, Michael Fassbender. <laughs> Michael Fassbender's yeah. devilish good looks. Yeah. Love it. All right, so who is Yaj? What's he? What's he doing? What What makes him go? What makes him stop? What makes him? All of that. Still, honestly, kind of really unknown at this point, as far as his uh, his backstory. I mean, we've I've, I've given it some thought and stuff, but there's still a lot more room for this character to grow. I think. He's, uh, he's an android, comes from the uh, machine planet of Abalon. So, you know, back way back when that planet started, everybody was, all the androids were pretty much slaves. So he's kind of got that into his, into his background. But again, more of a, a mercenary type. So he'll, he'll still take jobs and do things for money yeah. as, a, as a soldier, fighting in causes that he believes are, you know, beneficial to him and possibly others. So motivation, I mean, it's kind of, Still up in the air at this point, I think, as to, as to what <laughs> Still he's... Still kind of up in the air. Yeah, I like that. As to what he's doing yeah. and, what, and why he's doing it, so... Right on. Love it. All right, well, cool. So we're going to go through a little thing here. If you want to just do your thing. Absolutely, yeah. This will be uh, the backstory for Yaj1337. Abalon, the machine planet. My home, if there ever was one. I do not know how I came to be or exactly how long I have been alive. My current programming only dates back approximately 350,400 hours. Since then I have spent my time learning several different fighting styles, perfecting my skills with all manner of weapons to include assembling and disassembling more complicated firearms, performing multiple security jobs, and making money as a hired guard and or soldier. All of this has come easy to me as if the code was pre-existing in my memory bank. For the last 43,000 hours, I have been working to liberate my many people on this planet. Slavery was outlawed on Avalon ages ago, 
but that does not mean it is gone. During much of this time, I have been working with Clara. Clara, if I were programmed to have more emotions, they would be for her. She shares my similar grim outlook on life, and she is just as deadly with a firearm as I, if not more so. Our mission today gives us the opportunity to liberate many individuals who are still treated as indentured servants from a time long ago. We raid a known slaver camp and bring the newly freed people back to our escape vessel. Not the most stealthy of missions to date. Before boarding the ship, we take heavy gunfire from multiple assailants trying to end our crusade. I shield Clara as she returns fire so our passengers can enter the cruiser safely. I am struck several times. Non-life-threatening injuries. The mission continues. I can feel the stress of exiting Avalon's atmosphere, putting a severe strain on the whole of the ship. Silence fills the cabin as I count the number of people that we have liberated. 27. Not bad. The silence is short-lived. Blaster fire rings out from around the ship, followed by a large explosion. The alarms start ringing out, signaling catastrophic system failure. From the cockpit, I hear Clara. The hole has been compromised. We need to get these people to the escape pods. No one moves. I realize none of the androids in the cabin have ever been referred to as people before. Stay focused. There is time for that after these people are safe. That means you, I yell to them as I point down the short corridor. People start filing in. Calculating. Four escape pods, six passengers each, plus a pilot. 27 refugees, me, and... I see Clara quickly moving down the corridor. She makes eye contact with me. Clara, go. She hesitates. I push her into the escape pod and close the door, severing my left forearm. I fall back as the last escape pod ejects from the ship. Scanning. Non-life-threatening injury. Left hand unusable. The alarm continues to sound. The noise inside is deafening as the ship falls apart. Calculating. Chance of survival, 3%. I observe a faint green glow above the airlock. The system is pressurized. Possible solution. Use pressure to jettison from the ship. Chance of survival, 7%. Better odds, worth a shot. I climb in and press the switch. I am flung into the silence of space. Life support system, shutting down. I see ships from the Radiant Cathedral come into view as the attacking slaver ship turns around to enter the drift. 27. Not bad. System. Rebooting. <laughs>